0: Most mornings I get an opportunity to, sh- to share, uh, I'm really excited about it. You know, the, the prep time, the time spent with Father God does something to my heart that makes me really excited to be able to stand up and, and share what I feel He has given me to share. And today is no different except today is different. <laughs> the baton, French word, meaning stick. Means stick. A baton is also a weapon in the hand of a police officer. It's a means of conducting music in the hands of a conductor. This stick symbolizes a lot of things. And today it symbolizes something for us. And I'm really going to try to express what I think Father God has given for me personally and for us as a body. But I'm going to really need his help. So let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for expressing your heart. Your love reaches to the highest heavens and it reaches us too. Thank you that your love reaches us. So I ask that you would indeed once again empty me of me and fill me with you. We need to hear your words, your heart, your message. We need to have your understanding and our spirits need to be open to you and we need you to fill us with you. So we invite you into this moment, Holy Spirit, we ask you in and we say, please, please teach us. Please, please express your heart to us today, because we cry out to you and we are desperate for you this morning and this afternoon and this evening and all the days of our life. We are desperate for you. So in this moment, this this time that you have given us to be together as family, as friends, as joint heirs. As brothers and sisters, Oh Lord, speak to our hearts. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Way before a relay race became a sporting event, in ancient Greece, running had a entirely different purpose. Runners, the fast runners especially, were used for, as messengers. So, if you wanted to send a message to a faraway land, you had in place a series of towns that had fast runners in it. They had a hollow cylinder that they would stick a message into that cylinder. And that first runner would take off running to the next town and handing off that message to the next runner and so on and so on. And through that message was delivered to whatever dignitary it had to be delivered to. And this is just a stick. It's not hollow, and it doesn't contain a message. And yes, it it does. Uh, it's an important message for for us as individuals, and as uh, as for bridge uh, builders, as a, a group of people. You know, the word conspire to breathe together. This is important for us. This is a uh, it's an important moment for me. It's an important uh, moment for Tim and Jenny, It's an important for every each and one of us. This is. Uh, This is a symbol, this is a message that God has for us. I'm going to carry this around with me today. Not as a weapon, not as conducting music, because I don't know how, and I would look silly. But I've been handed something, but so have you. See, I don't take this journey alone. See, you have been handed the baton as well. None of this is done separately from one another. It can't be. I don't want it to be. And frankly, it would not be good for you, for me to carry this baton by myself. As good as my heart might be, or as well as my intentions would be, I need each and every one of you to carry this with me. It is symbolizing of what what we've been handed together. It's a very important moment because, as we know, transitions are not easy. Even if you plan for them, even if you want them, even if you expected a transition, they're just not easy. I've always found them to be challenging, sometimes difficult. They stretch us. I've always been stressed by a transition from one place to another in my life. There's never been a time where I have not been stretched by one. I would guess that would be the same in your life. This time is no different. This is a time of stretching for us as a a body of believers, as as people who have conspired together to follow him. This requires, a, a transition requires something from us. It requires what Tim touched upon last week, of a, a willingness to let go of something. It does. Because how can you grab a hold of something if you have not already let go of something? So it requires a, a, a great opportunity and a willingness to let go of something and also to take something. And it takes a great amount of faith. Because for someone to put something in your hand that you're not even quite sure what it is. Or what it entails. Or where it will lead you. Or what it implies. Takes great faith. Or a desire for great faith. It's a challenging time. It's a time of transition. In a relay race. There is a spot on that track where those two runners must exchange that baton. There's no other place on the track that they can do this. It's called the exchange zone. It has to be timed perfectly. Both runners running at peak speed. Not, neither one of them is slowing down in order to hand that baton off. And it has to happen in that zone. The timing is crucial. And so is the timing for this. We are all in the exchange zone right now. It's a wonderful place to be. Because it almost is like, even though you've got two runners running at extreme speeds, probably at the peak of what they can run, time seems to slow down for a moment. God is reaching into this moment right now. Helping us with this exchange. Because it's not easy. It may be wanted. It may be desired. It might be necessary. But it is not easy. You have to let go of something. You have to pick something up. But thankfully, God is reaching into this moment to try to help us understand what this transition means. And what the next steps are. What the next leg of the race is. Thankfully, he wants to be with us at this moment. Okay. When I was praying and musing, and, you know, and this has been, uh, for you, it it's might be recent news for me, but it's been, it's been things that we've been talking about, praying about for a while. So I've been musing and praying about this for, for quite a while. And I asked God a question during this time. You know me and God in questions. We, we have a lot of them. But this was a recent question because it was something that God was challenging my heart in. I hope you learned from this experience I'm going to tell you about. And I'm really just kind of expressing my heart here. I asked God this question. I said, God, what am I reaching for? What am I reaching for? And yes, the whole metaphor of being the next person in the, in the leg of the race and you know, reaching for the baton to be placed in my hand. And it, it is placed in my hand. I'm not grabbing something. What does that mean? What am I reaching for? The Holy Spirit led me to a passage in Deuteronomy 30. I'm just going to read verse 11. At the moment. The command that I am giving you today is not too difficult or beyond your reach. The command I'm giving you today is not too difficult or beyond your reach. That may not seem like a a clear answer to my question, does it? Maybe you don't truly understand the question yet about 15 years ago I was entrenched in a very intensive leadership program at another church this was over a, a course of about two years the purpose of this training was to for me to become an associate pastor at this particular church there was about 12 of us involved in this program, and throughout the couple of years, a, a few men dropped in and out. Some, the pieces exchanged, but there was about two or three of us that would kind of remain the kind of core of what was going on. I was one of those. I was starting to get really frustrated because, well, let me pause for a moment. I, I want to ask another question. Have you ever reached for something that wasn't there? (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever been like working on something and you you thought you put something behind you so you do this weird contortionist kind of disco dance kind of thing, you know, looking for something behind you instead of turning around and looking for it? Have you ever reached for something that sometimes in the middle of the night, I get up, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, I'm looking for my glasses and I'm knocking things over because I'm reaching for something that's not there. So back to the story, here I am. I'm getting frustrated because in this in this group certain men are passing me by. And and getting leadership positions that maybe I thought that I should have gotten. I was reaching for something that wasn't there. For me. So after uh, a one of these classes that there were Bible classes. There was leadership training things. And there was all kinds of things going on. And we were spending a lot of time at this church. And it was a late night. And I was driving home. It was about a 40-minute drive home at that time. And I'm having a very long conversation with God. You ever have a very long conversation with God? <laughs> Essentially, I was having a pity party. And I wanted God to join my party. So I was ranting. I was raving. I was angry. I was frustrated. I was just... You know, what is the deal, God, with this? The car finally got quiet because I finally shut up. And God asked me a question. The question was very simple. Jay, what if I make you a pastor? Yeah. That's what I thought what this was all about. Why am I going to all these classes? Why am I going to class after class, Bible study after Bible study taking online courses, why am I doing this if it's not to be a pastor? God? God answers those questions by repeating the same question. He does that a lot with me and it really bothers me. Because it usually means I really didn't listen. But the way he said it this time, Open my eyes and open my heart to receive what I needed to receive. He asked it this way: "Jay, what if I made you a pastor? See the difference? It wasn't about the programming, it wasn't about the training, it wasn't about the hours I put in. All those stuff is good. I'm not saying the training. obviously you need it. But that wasn't the point. That wasn't what I needed. God was trying to express something to me. See, I was trying to reach for something that wasn't there for me. It wasn't a fit for me. And God said, you know what? I have a more relational training exercise for you. I would like to make you a pastor. I want to do it. I don't want anyone else to do it. Not that he doesn't use other people in my life. He has since then. I want to make you a pastor. That changed my attitude Late right then in that car about what I wanted for my life as a younger man. I began to see that this was a relational journey that God wanted to take me on. And it wasn't so much about... I still went through training. <laughs> I still did take classes. But no, it was no longer about that. And quite frankly, for 15 years, I surrendered that dream. Even longer. It became such a surrender that I never even thought about it again. I allowed God to have complete control of that part of my life. It was one of the most epic surrenders I have ever done in my life. It really was. Because I really desired back then. I wanted so much to be on that staff. I thought it would be cool. I thought it would signify to people who I was. I thought it would establish something that I didn't think I had established. It was all wrong. I was reaching for something that was not there. Thankfully, the God who loves me desperately got me to see that. Jay, what if I made you a pastor? He and he alone would put his call within my reach. So now, I find myself entrenched here. Not just BBCC, but in High Park. This is the town I was, I was born in. This was the town I was raised in. And this is the town I almost died in. This is the town where a little boy who was abused and beaten, molested, almost died. This was the town that did it to me. This is the town where I tried to run away from many times. This was the town that I tried to kill myself in. By drugs and drinking. This was the place. I should not have survived according to the stats. Much less thrive and become a person that God could use. The stats were against me. But God was for me. So All those things are true. All those things I said that are hard to hear and hard to process—they're all true. But this is even more true. This is the town I got redeemed in. This is the town—the town that I got restored in. This is the town that I'm still being restored in. This is the town I found freedom. This is the town where I got my call. This is the town. This is the place. My love and hunger for this town grows and grows and grows. Outside of those doors are people that need to hear about Jesus. What are we reaching for? What are we reaching for? Can we go to Deuteronomy in that chapter 30? I want to read you the rest. verse 11 again for this commandment I have commanded you today is not too hard for you neither is it far off the ESV says it is not in heaven that you should say who will send to heaven for us and bring it to us that we might hear it and do it neither is it beyond the sea that you should say who will go over to the sea and bring it to us that we might hear it and do it but the word is very near you it is in your mouth And in your heart, so that you can do it. Oh, I love that part. But the word is very near you, it is in your mouth, it is in your heart, so that you can do it. No more excuses. I'm talking to me. See, reaching is all about his love and being obedient to his calling. When we touch another, human being with the good news we are reaching them what are we reaching for when we reach out and touch someone who is hurt or sick or someone who is a prodigal and we remind them and we get them to understand in a new way that Father's God's heart is for them and his desire is for them to be in his presence both here and in all eternity we are reaching them What are we reaching for? We're reaching for his heart. What am I reaching for? The answer to the question. I'd like to make a proclamation today. And this is my... uh, let me say this first. The exchange shown is a, a, a critical time. West called it a crisis. A crossroad. This time takes a, a huge amount of grace. And it takes a huge willingness to let someone pass you. Now Tim and Ginny have not left the race. They're just on a different course for a while. But their example of humbleness and willingness to let go is something for us all to to admire and to be thankful for. It's no small measure that you do. So I appreciate that. I believe we all appreciate that. When I when I when I came here a few years ago just to start attending church I had no aspirations to be pastor. There was none in my heart. I wanted to serve what a capacity that could. So when God put the call within my reach again, it was really a matter of obedience. It's a, it was an opportunity to show the world how much I love Father God by serving i uh, did not take this this position to to have authority or power or position or a stroke to my ego. Or any of those things. See, I have power and authority because I'm a son of the Most High. My identity is in Him. I do not need further identification. I am been stamped as a son of the Most High. This represents to me an opportunity to serve you more. See, one of the best exchanges in the Word of God of someone passing the baton to someone is when John the Baptist passed it to Jesus. Because he said something extremely powerful. He must increase and I must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. It doesn't mean that my value or my importance decreases. Just what I do in Jay's name decreases. All the things I do in Jay's name must decrease, And all the things I do in Jesus' name must increase. So the message that is in this piece of wood, this stick, is what I'm willing to pick up something that I'm reaching for when I am reaching for his heart because I need it my heart is not big enough to love you all the way that you need to be loved oh I wish it was oh man I wish it was and it's a good thing to admit that it's not I need his heart to serve you better in an ever-increasing capacity, whatever that means. And I admit to you, not knowing what that means. But he must increase. And I must decrease. So when I take this baton that's been handed to me, that's been placed in my hand, the wonderful thing about a relay race, when they do this exchange, both runners are looking forward. The guy handing it off isn't doing this. He's going to run off course. He's going to leave his track. He's going to slow down. Tim and Ginny are not slowing down, they're just. God's got him on another track. We <laughs>
1: Physically.
0: Physically. Okay, so here's my proclamation. Can I read it in a a form of a prayer? Thomas Aquinas wrote this prayer. I don't even know how long ago. It was a long time ago. I love this. Give me, O Lord, a steadfast heart, which no unworthy affection may drag Downwards. Give me an unconquered heart. Which no tribulation can wear out. Give me an upright heart. Which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Bestow upon me also. O Lord my God. Understanding to know thee. Diligence to seek thee. Wisdom to find thee. And a faithfulness that might finally embrace thee. I love that prayer. And that's the proclamation I would like to make as an under shepherd to the high shepherd. I do not take this like, I never have. I am not sure I'm worthy of the honor of your trust. But I want to be. I want my heart to be upright. I want to have an unconquered heart. I want to have a surrendered heart to Him. I want to serve you in the way that you need to be served, in the way that you need to be loved. I need his heart in order for that to happen. And here's part of the proclamation that involves you you need to have the same heart. Because nobody leads alone. Nobody leads alone. I'm not leading a parade. We are walking in this together. We are running this lake together. We are reaching together. We're conspiring together. We're going to do this together. This exchange zone is purposeful. It's powerful. It's necessary. But we have to leave it. And that might be the hardest transition yet. But thankfully, God is with us. Amen. Amen? Father, thank you. Continue to help our eyes to be fixed on you. And so that when we reach, we're reaching for you, and for your heart, your ways, your purposes, your plans, your call. So that when we actually reach for something, it's it's there. Because we're reaching for you. Oh, Lord, <laughs> help us to hold on to what you give us to hold on to. And to let go of the things that we need to let go of. Help us to do this transition in a way, and I believe we are, in a way that continues to honor you. Thank you for these hearts that you have aligned together. Thank you that we get to conspire together. Thank you that our breaths, our our lives intermingle. And I pray that that will increase. Just help us, Lord. We need you. So thank you for this opportunity that you've given us to trust in you in such a deeper way than we've ever trusted you before. And that you continuously draw us to yourself and say, come, follow me, come see. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.